Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Ladies and gentlemen, we may have just watched the greatest wrestling match ever, but you know what you're listening to right now? The greatest podcast ever, the greatest pay-per-view or live event recap ever. I'm your host, the Microphone Messiah, still your bullet cast champion, because like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole, baby, this title reign is hashtag forever undisputed, for life, brother. You know I never do this alone, I have the greatest tag team partner ever, the Jim and my Jay, the Tildemar, and the Stevie Ray, to my Booker T, the... The Montez Ford to my Angelo Dawkins, ladies and gentlemen, host of the award-winning Under the Radar, host and creator of Curveballs and Chair Shots, he is the Canadian Destroyer, BT, Brandon Tanguma. Brandon, it's Sunday night. How you doing, man? Philip, I'm doing just fine. Just watched quite possibly the greatest wrestling match ever, which we definitely will talk about. Have a lovely beverage next to me, so if I say anything stupid, I'm blaming it on the drink. You know what, dude? I think we just, we have to start off with it. We have to start off with the main event, and then we'll work our way back. Let's do let's do that. I don't think we've ever done that on this show before. Ladies and gentlemen, Randall Keith Horton took on Edge. I'm not going to use his shoot name. I'm not going to do it. And what could have been the greatest wrestling match ever, it's been billed like that for weeks and weeks and weeks upon end. Edge said, I don't know why we're talking about that, you know. The greatest song ever can mean so many different things to so many different people. Why are we building it like this? I don't know. Look, man, normally when WWE does something like this, they let us down. I wasn't let down. I enjoyed this. I thought this was fun. I saw Three Amigos paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero. May he rest in peace. There was a pedigree. There was a rock bottom. There was an unpretty... No, it's a kill switch. It's a kill switch by Edge. No, RKO didn't get the job done. Another one didn't get the job done. Two Spears didn't get the job done. But Randy Orton, that sadistic SOB, went back into that train of thought, that 2009 Randy Orton, where he has IED, Incontrollable Explosive Disorder, and he punts Edge right in the head. One, two, three. Randy Orton won the greatest wrestling match ever. Now, now that I'm done being a corporate shill. Um, I, I did quite enjoy this. I really did. It wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever. We all know that. But uh, they delivered. And I've, I thought they did damn good business. I'll give it a, I'll give it a strong B+. We're about a half hour removed from Backlash. So that the emotions and I don't exactly know what I'm feeling about the match. I'm kind of torn. Before the match, the announcers gave us the uh they said that they're going to include unique camera angles and amplified audio which was code word for we're going to use fake crowd noise and cut-ins and somewhat fit well at the very first lockup they shot a camera angle from underneath them which wasn't the greatest shot and i was like oh god i hope they don't do this the entire time which they didn't yes there were some different camera angles and obviously there was a bunch of piped in noise which is one of the reasons why i still don't exactly know how I feel about this match. I, The match itself, if I can scroll down, 45 minutes in length, which is pretty much similar 
or identical to what they did at WrestleMania with their last man standing match. Now, I would say that this match was better than the last man standing match. All the gimmicks involved, you know, the ghost of Fink coming out, introducing both of them. That was a fun little touch. They definitely did work their ass off. They had a, a damn good match. Definitely better than the one they had a few months ago. Now, if they didn't have this tag of the greatest wrestling match ever, maybe I probably would have enjoyed it because, I mean, maybe that's just me kind of, you know, being the the smarky fan and just kind of sitting back and just be like, okay, they're really pushing this greatest wrestling match ever thing. So it's obviously not going to look to that hype. But if you just look back at it, you just remove the corporate tags and everything involved with it. It was a damn good match. I don't exactly know what the story they were trying to tell in terms of they were using a bunch of other people's finishing moves. We got the angle slam, the pedigree, the kill switch, three amigos, you know, using the best moves of the best wrestlers of all time. But I did like the touch where we were both were kind of thinking maybe Randy Orton is going to win by not using a wrestling maneuver, which is pretty much what happened. He uses the punt and he hasn't used that forever. He's teased it, but he hasn't used it in God knows how many years, which I think that he actually did use it after teasing it for so long and finally hitting it. I think it really did pay off and it did tell a good story. So overall, I think I'm definitely leaning more towards a thumbs up. I think I'll agree with you. I'll give it a B plus. I know there's a lot of people that might be very high on this match. I haven't seen anybody really bash it. So definitely surprised about how well this match turned out. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, to answer your question, Randy Orton, the last time he used the punt kick, uh, Survivor Series 2013, where he successfully retained the WWE Championship against the Big Show. But yeah, man, I mean, the piped in crowd noise, it, it helped me, it did. You know, and of course, the noise from the uh, the uh, Full Sail, not the Full Sail, but the Performance Center Faithful, shout out Jake Atlas, saw him in the crowd and... Uh, Caden Carter and uh, Casey Cantazaro, all those, all those chicks and uh, all those fine people. But yeah, it, it really, it, it really helped out. It really did. Uh, so piped in noise. It, hey, hey. So, so what? So what? I thought the piped in noise was all right. I think they overdone it a little bit too much. I think I they tried to turn thirty people into thirteen thousand. Now, if they turned it down like fifty percent, I think it could have been a little bit better but i wouldn't be opposed to if you pipe in a little bit more crowd noise from here on out maybe not go so over the top as they did in this match but i am okay with you know adding a little bit of a murmur and kind of just you know stagnant crowd noise throughout the entire show and what i liked about the crowd tonight the actual crowd uh they weren't just boo bad guys cheer faces they were Kind of on the edge, kind of like what uh, the AEW superstars do. I mean, they're not divided by heels and baby faces, but they were, you know, they were kind of going for both sides, as what would happen in an actual crowd. So I, I did like that, and honestly, I was so caught up in the match, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, really feel like the the piped in noise was too overzealous, you know. But uh, all in all, Randall Keith Orton, he got the job done. Edge looked distraught, and Edge playing mind games with Orton, you know, faking him out so we can get that big boot at the start of the match. I'm like, okay, all right, I like that. Yeah. I looked on the internet today, Philip, and the internet told me that apparently Edge tore his tricep and is going to be out for a long period of time. Don't know if that's exactly true. I was looking for it, and I couldn't find any part or see Edge selling an injury. So hopefully that isn't the case. Randy Orton wins. It kind of went with my prediction that Randy Orton is possibly the next person to challenge Drew McIntyre for the title. 
Could there be a rubber match? Absolutely, especially at the Extreme Rules match or at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which should have been in San Jose, but obviously that is not going to be taking place. So I'm intrigued to see where the storyline goes, see where uh, these two men go. I mean, I've I've been said that I don't like Randy Orton all that much, but I've been enjoying what he's been doing with Edge thus far. Absolutely. Uh, it's It's been good. You know, Edge said that he made Randy better. And that's true. And on your Extreme Rules talk, yeah, that was supposed to be here in San Jose, but uh, coronavirus. The logo is uh, purple and green, ominous of uh, Jeffrey Nero Hardy. But he had a match tonight. Who did he wrestle, Brandon? And how long was it? Well, I thought we were going to work our way back, but I guess hey, we're starting from the, the beginning. Let's let's just, let's how I'm feeling. We'll cover all the matches eventually. It's just how I'm feeling tonight. So we're just going to jump all over the place because this wasn't the first match. This wasn't even on the pre-show, which there was a pre-show match. I was a little disappointed that that pre-show match was a pre-show match. But the second match of the show was Sheamus taking on Jeff Hardy. Now, we don't talk about SmackDown a whole lot. Obviously, the SmackDown on Friday happened after we recorded. But there was an angle where Jeff Hardy had to piss in a cup because he's an addict and he does drugs and stuff, and Sheamus wanted to make sure that he wasn't under the influence and we didn't have another victory road incident. Jeff Hardy passed his test, good for him, and then he threw the piss in Sheamus' face, so great heat, great angle on Friday, Philip, to get you ready for this match. Absolutely, and uh, Sheamus went over. He, um, Jeff Hardy got a little too cocky, being a daredevil. Uh, was running the barricade on the outside next to the plexiglass like a tightrope, got bro-kicked, got thrown back in, got bro-kicked again, and he lost to Sheamus. Uh, we did think Jeff was going to win eventually. You know, he, he was able to get off the twist of, uh, I guess it's Fury or whatever the hell it's called now. And twist he got- of Fate. Oh, the, do they say Twist of Fate? I believe WWE has the trademark, so he's the he has the Twist of Fate. He has, well, I don't even know what the hell Matt uses. I don't know either. Anyway, the twist of fate. Okay, great. It got off, and then the Swanton one, two, foot on the rope. That's that ring awareness from the former five-time world champion. You know, that's that good ish. Or the match itself goes seventeen minutes. I actually quite enjoyed it. Sheamus was on the offensive for a pretty substantial amount of time. I thought the match might have went a little bit too long. I thought they worked well together. I thought they told a good story of Sheamus, you know, beating the hell out of Jeff. Jeff making a, a believable comeback. Sheamus putting his leg on the rope. Jeff Hardy, you know, as you said, getting a little bit too Jeff Hardy and going too much over the top, and it backfires on him. And very similar to the story that they're telling on Raw with Edge, Jeff Hardy, the redemption story, trying to make a comeback, doesn't get the job done. So I think you got two very similar stories with Jeff Hardy and Edge right now on both shows. Absolutely. Let's read some fan mail. Uh, and Brightest Day X, I would have liked Jeff to win. That uh, would drive Sheamus insane and make him more desperate to prove Jeff's a drunk or and a junkie. But I, um, I process expose his actions. I, 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 I don't know. Anyway, uh, he also writes in about Edge and Orton. Edge and Orton was better than I thought he'd be. Those 20 different camera angles and the pumped up crowd noise definitely took away from it. A good match, yes. The greatest ever, no. Absolutely. Let's go to the email thread here. Hootie Who 420. Hootie Who. Uh, that was a good match, mates. That was damn good. Hashtag two stars away from being greatest wrestling match ever. Shout out Hootie Who. We've missed you, We've missed you man. Um, what else do we have here? 
We don't have really pay-per-view related fan mail. Should I just read these? Sure. Let it fly. Let it fly. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Jack of all trades. When starting a podcast, how do you find the right co-host or right group of people to do it with? Uh, you need somebody that matches your energy, man. You know, uh, like at work, I have a co-worker. He, he matches my energy. So, you know, I have no problem working with him. I've, I, 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 he asked about a co-host, though. Uh, with Brandon... It's it, it's interesting, you know, like, I, I come in over the top all the damn time, and he's he's the straight shooter, you know, he's like a Suzuki or a, or a Tomohiro Ishii, you know, that's, that, that's, that, that's how we work so well together, and then when the other guy was here, you know, he'd, he'd be over the top at times, and then he'd really love the goofy stuff, Brandon hated the goofy stuff, and I was caught in the middle, you know, it's dynamics like that that really help uh, enhance the podcasting experience for the people recording and for the person or people listening to the recording. Brandon? Just wait. We're going to be talking about some goofy stuff later on in the show. Can't wait for that. Brandon, do you have any uh, anything to add on that, though? Philip, I very much appreciate you comparing me to Suzuki and Ishii. You know, I mean, we talked about it on the show last week that I have a man crush on Ishii. We don't shame man crushes here, especially man-on-man man crushes in wrestling. Do you have a man crush? A wrestling man crush, Philip? I don't, man. I'm sorry. You know. Any female crushes that you like to expose yourself on on the podcast right uh, now? Let's 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 not do that. We're talking about like female wrestlers. Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about female wrestlers. Is that what we're talking about? Well, last time I checked, females are females. I mean, you said females. Are we talking about female wrestlers or? Females that are in my life, you know, I, I, I didn't know where we were going. I mean, if you want to shoot your shot on this lovely podcast let's, platform you have, let's, go for it, Let's Phillip. not do that. Hootie Hoo 420. Shoot or shoot, baby. Hootie Hoo 420. No? Okay. Hootie Hoo. Oh, there we go. Uh, hey, mates, what's your most awkward encounter with a female wrestler? Oh, wow. Um. Speak of the devil. Yeah, I've I've never, uh, I've you know, whenever I've met a female wrestler, it's been brief. You know, I've never been... One of those, you know, don't be creepy when you meet wrestlers at all, especially females. Don't do that. You know, I've had pleasant experiences with, what, Tessa, Candice, Scarlett Bordeaux, Emma, Tennille Dashwood. Uh, Victoria choked me, so I guess, I guess, I guess that's... Choked us. Choked Not up. the same time, individually. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so that, I guess that's awkward. Well, dude, so, wait, I... Did she just choke you, or did she ask you first? Like, how did that, how did that happen, dude? Well, that was a few years ago, so it's a little blurry. But I think she said like one more or something like that, and then she put her hands around my neck. You know, she she's not a stiff worker. She you know she gave she was she was brothering me. You know, what she wasn't choking my life out or anything like that. But it, it did come kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, she palmed my Adam's apple, dude. I was like, Ugh. you know. But yeah, that happened. Uh, so I guess that's my most awkward one. You could actually no, I I made awkward eye contact with Brandy once. There, there we go. Yeah, there we go. That's that's that. You you have any awkward ones, Brandon? No, I don't really have any awkward ones. I'm kind of you know quiet, straightforward. Hi, how you doing? Thank you. Medu- I, Medusa hey, was hey, she awkward? Medusa? No, Medusa was very nice. I put her over. I said I very much enjoyed your Hall of Fame speech, and then she was like, "Oh my God, thank you." I I don't know if I'd say the most awkward one I ever had, but maybe the worst one was probably the smoke show. Not saying like she was 
a bitch or anything, but it was just, I think that one might've been a little awkward because she was quiet and I was quiet and I didn't really know what to say. Cause I mean, let's be honest. It's a smoke show. I'm not, I can't exactly put over her five-star matches that she had. And you know, kill the cross was standing right next to you. He was marking out about, uh, I, f- I forget who he was, but he was like a legendary Japanese wrestler, and he was marking out, and he wanted to go meet him. So he wasn't really paying attention to us. Was it Kota Kobushi? Or Kota Kobashi? I'm sorry. Kenta Kobashi. Kenta Kobashi, I'm sorry. Eh, eh, getting them all mixed up. I apologize. Was it him? I know he was there with the GHC title. I believe that who- that is who it was. Speaking of StarCast, ladies and gentlemen, it's talked about in the uh, newest episode of the Undertaker Last Ride docuseries. We'll talk about that on the Bulletcast. And how Brandon and I were gonna uh, blow the blow the bank account out to meet him. Uh, so moving on to the fan mail, though. Uh, Robert Walker, how come when you met Jericho, why didn't you try to get an interview or an audio drop, or did you? And he said no. Uh, well, I guess this is specifically for me. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to ask. You know, I was. I was just happy enough to uh, be in the room. Shout out to the plug plugs. I just chill, you know, after after a concert with uh, Les Champions. That was, that was it, man. I didn't want to be that guy. You know, could I have? Yes, sure. But then uh, it would look bad on me, and then it would look bad on the people that got me that opportunity. So I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Respect. I can't comment because I wasn't invited. Uh, t- t- hey, I told you to come to the concert with me, man. Okay, maybe I was invited, and I said I couldn't go because I had other things to do. Yeah, yeah that's true. All right, uh, Sasha, Sasha Banks, uh, Blueface Banks, and the baby, the baby Bailey, uh, they retain their women's tag team championships against the Iconics and Twisted Bliss, Bliss Cross Applesauce, whatever the hell you want to call them. It is Bliss Cross Applesauce. I would not accept anything else. Uh, I, it's hey, I, I won't call it the Sparkle Splash then. It is the Sparkle Splash. Oh. Oh. You gotta call. You gotta call both of them the way they are, Philip. Come on. Oh, oh. and Taker Sean is the ninth greatest wrestling match ever. Oh. No, it's my ninth favorite match oh, of oh, all time. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Anyway, um, what, what were your thoughts on the women's tag title match? The match itself was fine. They go about ten minutes. Bailey and Sasha retain. Definitely sloppy at times, but I do like the fact that they went the uh, NXT route where they had three women at a time legal during the match, which I never understood why that wouldn't happen in tag team triple threat matches. And finally they're coming around. They're listening to me and having at least one member of each team legal at the same time, which makes total sense because it's so stupid and awkward when you have to tag in somebody else who's on your team. So besides that, the match was all right, but having actually a triple threat match during a triple threat match, I loved it. You loved a triple threat match. The what? rules. What? I love the triple threat match and rules. And you praised Randy Orton tonight? Look at you. I told you, it's the Lima Rita talking. Stop. Stop it. Stop it right now. All right. Um, how long I think are... Charlotte wasn't on this card or else I might be praising her too. Oh, Jesus. How long are Sasha and uh, DeBailey and DeBailey baby going to keep these titles? And Brightest Day X wants to know. Well, they just won them. So I, I'm two months, two and a half months, three they yeah. did do the pre-match promo about asking what happens if you guys lose this. going to hurt your guys' friendship, which I was wondering if that is going to play into the finish. Maybe they do lose, and Sasha once again has a short title reign, and they do the breakup. But I think they will hold on to it for a little bit. They do have the match on NXT. I don't expect them to win or to lose that. I assume they just win straight up. I mean, they've kind of 
I mean, this is literally all three of these tag teams is kind of the entire women's tag team division in WWE. So I don't really know where they go to from here. But I think they do hold on to it. I don't know how big they want to make SummerSlam. Maybe they do the Bailey Sasha thing. Hopefully they can hold off until Royal Rumble. And that's when the turn happens. They can build to something at WrestleMania. God forbid WWE doing some long term storytelling. Yeah, aren't they wrestling uh, Tegan Knox and Shotzi on Wednesday? Yes, I just said that. I you, you didn't say the names. You just said they're wrestling on Wednesday. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know who they're going to wrestle. I thought it was going to be Ali and Vanessa Bourne. For all I know, Jesus, she still wants the company, huh? Why is shout that? out Aaliyah. She is always on the lower card, being a jobber for the last five years. Hey, dude, that uh, that uh, that blonde kid that was in the crowd. I could have sworn that was Zizi from Tough Enough. I, I, I kind of pop. Is he not on Tough Enough or not in NXT anymore? But he was on an episode of The Bachelor one time where they won on like an alligator swamp date. So That's, shout out ZZ. Shout out ZZ. ZZ top. Top of the top top. Uh, you know, Shotzi got to win. That's, that, that's town business. You feel me? And Tegan Knox. You know, shout out. Shout out, baby girl. Shout out. Um, Asuka, she didn't die tonight because she wrestled Nia Jax. And apparently that's what happens when you wrestle Nia Jax. It was, it was a count out. It was a draw. For the Raw Women's Championship, how long was that match, Brandon? The match itself went about eight minutes. They go back and forth. Asuka getting an early uh, spider, whatever, Black Widow submission. Nia powers out. They go back and forth. You know, pretty much what you would think. Asuka fighting from underneath. Nia Jax doing a lot of power stuff. They fight on the outside. The ref counts out. So, obviously, this match or this feud is going to be going on for this for the foreseeable future. Who knows if Charlotte gets involved, make it a triple threat match. But, as you said, Nia didn't kill Asuka, so that's always a positive. Nobody got hurt, that's all we can ask for. Exactly. Bada boom. Uh, and Brightest Day X wants to know, are they going to break up Miz and Morrison? Well, there was a little dissension in their ascension to get to the Universal Championship. See what I did there? No? Shout out the ascension. The saddest line at access I have ever seen. <laughs> Connor and Victor, what the hell happened to them? Last I heard of them, they got them and Heath Slater got something stolen out of their car when they did a house show in Oakland a couple years back. And then that's it. And then they got released. Oh, man. Yeah, it was sad times when I went to go, well, I didn't go to see them. I saw them. Nobody, like maybe three people was in line to go watch to meet them. And I was like, you know what? I was going to leave. What's another five minutes to meet the Ascension? I go in line. They, I say hi. I had an A's hat on, and they were like, oh, the A's. I remember them back in the day. I was like, cool. They're still around. And then they signed, and I walked away. And I have an awkward picture of it. So, fantastic. <laughs> oh. Who do you think has a, has a lonelier uh, autograph table, the Ascension or Virgil? At least Virgil, it's a meme. The Ascension, it's just the Ascension. You know who's responsible for that meme? Who do you? No, my my good buddy Sam Roberts. He created the whole website and everything. Yep. Uh, so the point being, <laughs> we went on this long tangent. Um, Braun Might Str be the last time we ever talk about the Ascension on this podcast. Yeah, so you boys are welcome. Uh, Braun Strowman retains the Blue Universal Championship against Miz and Morrison. Uh, Miz did pull off Morrison at one point when he was covering him. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, but uh, all in all, Strowman retained. To be honest, I haven't been watching much SmackDown lately, so I've been missing the great storytelling of Miz and Morrison 
playing practical jokes on Braun Strowman. So I was able to get up to snuff uh, this past week on SmackDown and on the pre on the pre pack pre match package. And we also got to see a a nice lengthy part of the Miz and Morrison music video, which I mean, it, it's going to beat Six Nine and Nicki Minaj with the you know greatest YouTube debut in history with their music video. Uh, have you, have uh, you seen that music video, Philip? You definitely should. No, I don't know. Nicki Nicki Nick, looking nice, you know. She reminded me of that early 2010s Nicki Minaj. You feels me? She did break out the uh, black and blonde we- uh, wig. Oh, so. that's the, the blonde wig's my favorite. It is. But anyways, the match itself. Stro- Strowman wins in seven minutes. God, it's only seven minutes. That match felt a lot longer. But a two-on-one handicap match. Whoever wins, the if well, if it, if Miz and Morrison win the individual who gets the pinfall or submission were to be the sole owner of the Universal Championship, which played into the finish. Morrison, obviously, wasn't a believable near fall, but he was getting a, a pinfall on Braun Strowman. Miz pulls him off. They get into a little kerfuffle, and then Miz gets dumped. Morrison gets the power slam. Braun Strowman wins one, two, three. As Mr. X said, maybe some dissension, some trouble in paradise. I don't exactly know if that's going to happen. I would believe Miz and Morrison is going to, you know, maybe they go to some couples counseling like what... Uh, Sasha and Bailey did a few years ago, and then everything works out. I don't exactly know, you know, what you can really do with them. Braun Strowman, on the other hand, he gets the win. Maybe Bray Wyatt comes back into the picture. Sheamus does get the win on Jeff Hardy, so he's a believable person to go and face Braun Strowman later on down the line. So, don't really know where they go from here. But the match itself was meh. It was very eh, eh. Um. Brandon, what in the blue hell did we watch with the Prophets and the Raiders? That's what M. Brightest the X wants to know. I, I don't know. I went to. I knew this match was going to happen. Well, not like a cinematic type match, but I knew that they were going to have a tag team match. So I went to the bathroom. I was like, okay, this match is going to be up next. I'll come back and it's. I'll be like, see the entrances or something. I come back and they're like fighting in a white tent and Ivar, whoever is rolling a bowling ball into the crotch of. Uh, Montez Ford, and I'm like, what the blue hell is going on right now? And then they go back and forth, they fight, and of course, you know, Akira Tozawa, a Japanese man, comes out with ninjas on motorcycles because that's what all Japanese people do. They travel with ninjas, and then they fight, and then they beat all the ninjas, and then a big black ninja comes out, and then they're scared, run away, take everyone. A big black what? A big black ninja. Oh, okay. I, I had to. I thought I heard something else. Got to clarify, especially these days. Don't want to be uh, that one NASCAR driver on a live stream. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, you know, surprisingly, with the the amount of Japanese people that do work there and have worked there, I'm surprised the ninja thing hasn't really been done all that often. You can definitely see Bruce Pritchard has more power in the creative process now. Oh, yeah. Shut up, Bruce Pritchard. You gotta love it. I love you. Um... Yeah, like, I I didn't know what was happening. I really didn't. I'm like, oh, they're up, let me leave. You know, like, I love the Street Profits in NXT. Now, I, I liked them when they first debuted on Raw, I did, but now it's just, eh. Uh, we do have a fan mail, it's uh, Alfie Lewis. He says, by God, by God, that man will never have children again. <laughs> the bowling, <laughs> the bowling ball secured the pins for a lifetime. I don't know what that means, but that's funny. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. Is there a running time for that segment? 
the official time, I don't think I can actually... On my rundown, it doesn't have an official time, I would assume, because this wasn't an official match. But it felt like it went at least 10 to 12 minutes. And the other thing I didn't like is when they do the whole gag where everyone's lying in the trash can is the, the female referee, I'm sorry, I forget what her name is, but she comes out and they do the running gag of everyone thinks Ivar's cute, Eric not so much. So if there's if she's ever refereeing in the Viking Raiders match, I mean, she is completely compromised, and she should never referee any of their matches ever again because she's going to show favoritism. That's that's true, but if she wants to, you know, earn a paycheck for that day, she has to uh, decide it straight down the middle. You feels me? And once again, I don't think it's as bad as what they did with the stereotype of uh, Akira Tozawa, but, I mean, you, you have, like, the lone woman referee in WWE. Do you really have to, like, say, oh, my gosh, you're so cute? Like, do you really have to go there? I feel like you can stay away from that. That running gag wasn't even funny to begin with, and then you compromise one of your officials by doing the gag. Aubrey would never do that in AEW. She would never do that. Exactly. Yeah. You heard me, Vince. Yeah. I feel like you could have just gotten like a... If you want to do the gag, you could have just had like a random no-name wrestler who was pretending to be a producer do the line. That's like a Leo. Oh, I mean, um, that's not what I meant. Um, yeah, well, anyway, uh, the WWE Championship was on the line. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Hey, Drew. He successfully retained against Bobby Lashley. A decent bit of business they were doing for a little bit. What was the official time on that? Well, I would say the official time. If on my report it actually had the official time on it, you know. I I'm watch I'm looking at your boy Wade Keller's recap, and he has it for pretty much all of them. Except for, of course, the matches you ask for. What a what a see this this is why you don't source Dave Meltzer in any reporting on this show. Or Wade Keller. I mean, look, I I, I like Wade. I do, I do, I do. You know, I don't listen to his stuff. I only hear him whenever he's on Sam Roberts. So I listen to Wade Keller about twice or three times a year. That's what keeps it special. You feel me? Plus, I like the way he says WWE. I like that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Drew retains against Lashley. You know, they're doing a nice bit of business. Uh, that uh, that botch where he just dropped uh, McIntyre kind of on it almost looked it looked like he was on his head. You know, when, when stuff like that happens, you're like, ooh, that that means it hurts more. You know, so they, you know, taking a toll on his body, throwing him into the uh, LED um, post. All in all, Lana comes out there. She gets involved. Glasgow kissed Lashley. He bumps into Lana. Lana falls down on MVP. Claymore kick. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre is still the WWE heavyweight champion of the world. And Bobby Lashley, after a 13-year journey, is unsuccessful in becoming a world champion. Overall, I very much did enjoy this match. Probably not as good as the Edge Rand Yorton match. But this one also didn't have the greatest match ever tagline, which probably also helped it out. But as you said, that botch on the outside, I actually thought it very much enhanced, not like overall the match, but I thought the spot itself very much, you know, like some botches, you can tell it was a botch and then it's very awkward. They try to regain themselves, but, you know, they're in the they're in the match. They're tired. And then he tries to lift them up. He dumps them on his head. It looked like it hurt. And then he picks them up and then he throws them into the bear into the turnbuckle. I thought. One of the best botches I have ever seen. I thought it was great. Yes, abs absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it makes it feel more real, goddammit. Because it's still real to me, damn it. 
Um, oh, Philip, we, we didn't do like really any grades, so I think we should run down the entire card Absolutely. and give our grades. Absolutely. Do it off. Well, the pre-show, which we didn't talk about, which I was kind of I didn't sad. See I, I did not see it either because I thought this match was going to be on the actual show. Apollo Crews defeats Andrade to retain the U.S. title, only gets eight minutes. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They put that malarkey that was the Prophets and the, the Viking Raiders on the main card. Instead Unannounced, of- by the way. Instead of, I mean, it was announced like today, but the but point this was a this was a tape show. You couldn't have announced it like on SmackDown or on the, Raw or something. The point being, instead of the United States Championship, like, are you kidding me? Wow, bad, bad move, WWE. And I'm especially pissed at you guys because you know you, you you copyrighted these boys. Brandon, how do you feel about that? Vince, Vince is coming for your head, dude. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't feel, feel as though it's anything I said. I feel it might be the actual video, because maybe somebody in the intro maybe do some post-editing and put some WWE copyrighted videos in there. You know what? We have been using that video for weeks, like 50 weeks, okay? See, this is what happens. I don't do a show for like two months. You know, ev- everyone... Everyone forgets about me, and then I come out, and then you, you put the video up there, and then they get on. We get on the radar of WWE, and then they strike us down. Look, man, it all of a sudden it's a problem. All of a sudden, don't make no damn sense. They got a lot more time on their hands, and they're not running house shows and shows outside of the performance center. All right, uh, the women's tag team championship match. It didn't really do anything for me. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a C. Nothing more, Brandon. I'll agree with you. I think I'll maybe go a C minus. Kind of sloppy. Uh, I mean, they tried kind of hard doing some inventive triple threat, you know, fast paced pins and holds and stuff like that. But overall, I didn't really think it worked. Shout out Peyton Royce. She tried to be biggie in this match by doing like the diving uh, suicide dive through the ropes or whatever, and she almost like hit her head on the ring uh, apron. Not a good look for her, but she tried. It's okay, baby girl. You know, fire TikTok by the way. Um, Seamus and the, and, uh, what, what the hell is his name? Jeff Hardy. I'll give B, soft B, B for business, because the business was good, it was decent, it didn't thrill me, but, uh, yeah. I'll give it a strong B as well. I thought it went a little bit too long at 17 minutes. I think you could have trimmed off a little bit more. I mean, for the majority of the match, Seamus was on top, and then Jeff Hardy makes the comeback, was good, the finish was kind of predictable, so... The work itself, I thought was good, but it could have been a lot shorter. Absolutely. Uh, then we got Asuka and Nia Jax, the double count out in eight minutes. I will give this a C minus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'll give it a C plus because, you know, my girl Nia was in it. Shout out, Nia. Nobody ready for you, baby girl. Then the two-on-one universal title match, Braun Strowman taking on Miz and Morrison. D. D, because Strowman's in it. I don't like him. We're going to get these hands. Shut up. Nobody gives a damn about your hands, you idiot. I'll give it a C- minus as well. Y- you get a passing grade. It wasn't very good. No, I gave it a D. It was just... I, I, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm giving it a okay. C-. minus. Okay. You still get credit. You, you're still going to you know, you're gonna get the three points, but it's not going to look very good when people look at the at the records. It's, it's not. Uh, what's What's next? 
then we got Drew McIntyre taking on Bobby Lashley. Overall, the match itself, I thought it was very good. The finish was kind of predictable and kind of trash. I'll give it a B. And hopefully they have another match, maybe a cage match where it's a clean one-on-one match, and that can be a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with your grade. I think that's fine. And we already gave our grades for uh, Randy and uh, and. Edge. Well, we didn't give a grade for the Street Profits taking on the Viking War Raider experience in that no, backstage no, melee where the no. cinematic matches have definitely jumped the shark. Shout out, Boffman. F minus. Uh, yeah, I just can't do it. Overall grade for Backlash 2020. Overall, I was I was ready to say there was no bad match on the show, even though technically, the. Viking War Raider experience profits was not really a match, but it definitely was trash. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen, or not ever seen, maybe ever seen, but definitely the worst thing I've seen this year. So that definitely brings it down. I think I'm going to give it a C plus. I enjoyed Randy and Edge. You know, maybe you could take away some of the points because of the production values and everything else they added to it. But I also I also liked Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. I think those two matches definitely get did carry it. As I said, Sheamus and Jeff thought it was good, could have been shorter. So overall, I thought there was some good stuff, but there wasn't any great stuff, so I'm going to give it a C plus. Yeah, I think I'm right there along with you. Normally, Backlash is the B-side pay-per-view. Get it because it starts with the letter B. Ha, ha, ha. But uh, yeah, C because, you know, uh, Street Profits and those Vikings, they really just brought it downhill. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about the greatest wrestling match ever, and that is going to do it for the greatest wrestling pay-per-view recap ever. Uh, Brandon and myself will get back together on Thursday for our regular episode of the Bullet Cast, or possibly even do some more bonus content. Brandon may do another Under the Radar events doesn't uh, cease and desist him immediately. We don't know. We're going to have to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, stay clean, stay safe, stay strong, stay quarantined. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.